0: Hi, I'm Mr. G and you're listening to Create, Explode, Repeat. Today we'll be talking with artist Jason Brubaker and hear how he quit his day job at DreamWorks to create and write stories he really believed in. We'll also discuss creativity, the business of making comics and art, and cat brain transplants. Oh, and he's raised over 200000 in four successful Kickstarter campaigns. Not too shabby. Let's find out what Jason's doing. Come on. Hi, nice. Jason. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I, I, I was very excited to be able to do this. Um, and uh, this, is a, uh, this is one of the first ones I've gotten to do where I got to do the video part of it. I've done a lot of them where I'm just doing the audio. So it's kind of, I like seeing your face. It's nice. No? Y- oh. You know, you look like, I don't know if anyone's ever told you that you kind of look like Chris Pratt. Okay, from I Guardians know. of the Galaxy. I, I, I,
1: you, you <laughs> That's know. cool. Yeah, I, I,
0: I guess I'm, I've I've been told like um, Tom
1: Cruise, and I just don't ooh, understand wow. that Tom one. Tom Cruise, maybe and Chris from Pratt. maybe from the profile. I don't know, because I just don't see it. And I'm like, really? I look that good? Because it can't. Pop. I, I look in the mirror. My wife thinks I look like a dork half the time. So,
0: <laughs> yes, that's my wife. Also, we both just, uh, because yeah, they see it's us more all the, way the time, act. right? They see us in our most. Yeah,
1: I don't think Tom Cruise acts as dorky as I do. Maybe that's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's just as dorky as the rest of us mortals. Uh, we just we just don't just don't see it as as often, you know, because yeah. he's. He's saving the world from nuclear <laughs> explosions all the time. Um, uh, well, so the, the the goal of my podcast is, of course, to talk about creativity in its many different forms. And, um, and I really, I'm just, I've reached out to people who have inspired me um, and who I know to be creative people and also who I know to be creative people who, for the most part, have just a humongous output. Because that, to me, uh, at least is what I've discovered as a songwriter, is that that ability to create um, consistently is... It, I think it's a, a key to success. Um, where did you start? Where did you start this whole process? Where, where did you grow up? We'll just throw a real tough question at you.
1: Can I just respond to that statement you made just before I answer that question? Sure, sure, sure. Um, when I was doing... Uh, trying to do my graphic novel as an animation. I was getting advice from the producer of Ren and Stimpy and showing him my stuff, and he was kind of mentoring me. And he told me that the key is that this is a numbers game, whether it's pitching, making short films, making graphic novels. It's a numbers game. You just have to keep making them. And he's like, look at this as if it's the first of 20 in your life, because if you're just planning on one, The the chances are nothing will happen with it. But if you do multiple projects, one after another, there's always going to be a chance that one of them will take off. And so um, that kind of adds to what you were saying. And and I just feel like it's true. Like it it, it also puts you in this mindset of just keeping on doing it and over and over and finishing something and then finishing something. And it's like it, it just works, you know.
0: Yeah, it just it, works. It's not putting all of your eggs in one basket. I think some of it. I, I've, I've, I feel the same way. I, I've, obviously, I'm, I and mean, that's why I led with that statement. Is I think it's a. There's a quote that uh, it's by Jack London, and it's something about you go after creativity with a club. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you you don't allow. There's the the difference between being a professional and an amateur. I think in a lot of ways. Um, where I started feeling I was a professional musician and I'm a teacher, I'm full-time teacher, but I I also consider myself a professional musician. Um, and part of that, I read this book called the war of art. It's really, really good. It's, it's Uh excellent. And, and this guy, um, he talks about the, the problem of, of, uh, (laughs) of course I will blank out. (laughs) I don't think I've had enough coffee this morning. Um, he he talks about oh resistance with a capital mm-hmm. r and how you when you start a creative whatever it is that you're working on you you hit resistance of some sort whether it be
1: yeah.
0: um you know bills you have to pay things you have to do oh yeah and yeah. and how do you push through that and and get the job done and and write and he 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 was yeah. the kind of person who'd started a novel you know 50 times or whatever and never finished a novel and he finally Put himself in a house and had a goal of I am going to write every single day and I'm going to finish this darn it and uh, yeah. that and then he yeah. did and then and it was horrible <laughs> it was a horrible <laughs> novel and then so do you have a horrible novel that you've written do you have a horrible uh, comic that you've made that- I think
1: I think I have multiple horrible <laughs> things I've made um, it's just you know. Well, should I go back to that question? Yeah, let's you first go, asked Yeah, let's, should, go, let's go. back. We're really
0: let's go back. Let's take hot. it back to the beginning first. Yeah, where did you grow <laughs> up? Where Where were you? Where are you from? I I grew up in uh, between
1: Idaho and Utah, back and forth. Um, there was a moment where we were traveling overseas when my parents were missionaries, and I was really young. But then most of my you know young years, school and teenage years are Idaho and Utah and then um, as soon as I got out of high school I I, um, well not as soon as a year after I got out of high school I moved to LA and, and when I was 20 and that's when my professional career kind of started I, I started getting a couple jobs um, from doing conventions when I was in Idaho I'd go to conventions and show my artwork to different little companies and get little tiny jobs but Things didn't really start heating up until I got the storyboarding job in LA around the age of twenty, and yeah, and that's who, when the career you, really started. Now,
0: that that wasn't DreamWorks yet, or was that DreamWorks? No, DreamWorks was the last thing I did
1: before leaving Hollywood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was? Who did you start uh, doing storyboarding for?
1: Uh, there was this for
0: film, stu- like uh, a film or a. No, it was an
1: agency. So this agency called Famous Frames um, picked me up because they were standing be- – one of the guys, this guy named Brian, was standing behind the DC editor at the Comic-Con in San Diego. And I went Comic-Con. and stood in every line with my portfolio. And the last day, I stood in that line and he gave- the editor gave me a card. And then this agent pulled me aside afterwards and said, I only pull aside the people that this guy gives a card to and – I was overlooking your stuff, and it's great. It would work great as uh, storyboarding. I was like, what's storyboarding? I don't know what that is. He's like, here, let me show you. And he opened up this binder with all these artists he represented, and they're all way really good. And he's like, this is how much we pay. And my eyes just kind of bulged out of my head. And, you know, I mean, because it's a whole other world. Storyboarding compared to comics is like, you're, you're, it's not even the same <laughs> it's not even fair, like the amount of money <laughs> between the two, you know, like the day rate, the page rate was like, maybe I might be able to get $100 for a penciled page every day uh, with comics. And then the storyboarding was like, well, we started like 700 a day, you know, wow. and you're just doing sketches. Wow. And so anyway, you know, they're an agent too, so they get a percent and then... End of the day, I get about half that. But they don't take 50%, but I have to pay taxes and all that stuff too. And um, so that's how it all kind of started. And then I said, I'll be here in two months. I'll figure out how to get here to LA in two months if you can get me work. And he's like, Deal. So I showed up and they started getting me storyboarding jobs. And I was doing commercials and movies and music videos and did that for about six years, almost nonstop, you know? So, and that was really a huge, like, Um, lesson in speed and just the diversity of styles and the diversity of different ways storytelling can be done because I'm working with a different director every day and they all think they're God, you know? (laughs) This is how it should be, you know? And so you're learning all these tools and tricks, but, you know, the personalities aren't necessarily all amazing. The first director I worked with was amazing and really humble and he's still one of my best friends, um, this guy named John Lindauer. And he taught me probably more than anyone else because we became friends. And he showed me how to animate. He showed me how to use After Effects. He, we talked storytelling. We would hang out and, you know, we worked on scripts
0: together and we pitched ideas. And it was just fun. Oh, he was that's the very first cool. guy It's great with. to have that as your first experience. That's, the hard yeah. part about having that as a first experience, I imagine, is that when you go to the next... <laughs> the next person, yeah. he's like a real jerk or something. Uh, yeah. Having to go, wait a minute, that's, it doesn't work like having a cool yeah, guy.
1: I know. It's just like, it's weird. It's like, like people would tell me, because my first interview was the Wachowski brothers for The Matrix. Okay. So oh believe it or not, that was my very first interview wow. before I ever got a job. And people afterwards would always tell me, like, wouldn't that have been great if you could have worked with, on The Matrix? And I'm like, you know, it really doesn't matter what project it is, as long as the people I'm working for are really nice and fun, because I hate working with people who think they're God. <laughs> and in the inter- entertainment industry, everyone thinks they're God. You know, they, they want you to worship what they're doing and, um, and just do everything blindly to, you know, I mean, and it's good to have people who can just do things. But um, yeah, these personalities get really annoying after a while. Uh, I can imagine. I can imagine. You know, <laughs> I I talked to talked to some people about it, and they're like, yeah, well, it comes with the territory. Not like it's justifiable, but they're under a lot of pressure, and and it's true. You know, I mean, it's not like pressure to save the world or nothing, but there's a different kind of crazy pressure there, so it kind of turns people into weirdos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know well i i've i encountered the same thing in music on occasion yeah. <laughs> and i'm not working at the level you're working at in your your industry but um yeah i definitely i have encountered yeah. those same kind of people really great people and people who the world revolves around them and yeah, yeah. you know and and there's, I guess, there's that meeting a client's needs. Uh, yeah. If you're creating something and you have to put your your ego aside and your your stuff mm-hmm. aside, and you're trying to to meet that need, and then there's the uh, pure creative output that you're doing, where you have a creative vision and how do you stay the course? Of yeah. your creative vision. Now, yeah. did you? I mean, did you grow up with paper, paper and pencil in your hand? Were you uh, doing like a Mark Kistler drawing book? Were you doing the uh, uh, Bob? You know, um, what got you started on on that in that path? I
1: I don't really know what really got me started. I know when we came back from. Um, Africa (laughs) when I was like five because that's where we were living um I think that's kind of when I started really um making little books and stuff and because I have a box of books in my parents basement of of just little little books that I glued together and taped and and made stories and and some of them, my mom would write the story, and I would tell her what the characters are doing. And then I would just draw all the pictures. And it was just kind of this obsession with books, like making little books. And I don't know why that started and where that came from. Um, and were you I, drawing I with animation? Those, were you drawing, yeah, drawing, in drawing all too? of them? It was, for me, it was just the making the books and drawing the art and telling a story with it. And I never considered myself a storyteller, though, even though I had all these books that I made when I was a kid. And I... The art was always the most fascinating part. But I realized later, like when I was 30, that it was the narrative with the art that was the reason I liked art. I didn't like to just do art. Like I could care less about art if it didn't have a narrative. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's, that's why it's so hard for me to just do a painting. And I know paintings have narratives, but I don't think that way, you know. Right. I, I like a series of paintings, you know, um, or something. I don't know. And so um, yeah, then I would get... Obsessed with like the Saturday morning, not cart- not not the funnies, uh, the the newspaper funnies, you know. And it was a, a narrative type of storytelling, and I I just loved that stuff. And I would eat those up, and just I would start making my own. It was like a combination of Garfield and Scruffy and Farside, and <laughs> not not Scruffy. Scruffy's my thing. Garfield and um, Calvin and Hobbes and and Farside, and it was this thing called a Chris Scruffy, this dog, and. um he had an owner named John, and it was just like uh, the, it was just like Garfield, almost, you know, sitting on Garfield the table minus next to Garfield. the owner.
0: Yeah, <laughs> have you seen that? Bizarre. Have you seen Garfield minus yeah, Garfield? Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Those are the funniest Garfields.
1: Um, <laughs> so I would just try to do that, and I would just really try to make my stuff as good as the professionals, even at a young age. And then when I was eleven, my uh, teacher. Uh, saw me drawing these comics every day. And he said, I know the paper, the the editor of the paper, and let's go down there and see if you can put your comics in the paper. So sure enough, he introduced us, and I had my little scruffy comic in the newspaper weekly. And so that was at age 11. And so it really kind of just wow. started showing me. I think this was really valuable because it really showed me if I just do stuff, people start turning, their heads start turning, and then doors open. You know, as long as I, I got to just... Go for it, though, and just go after the things I love, and then people will recognize it, you know, and opportunities will present themselves. So hmm. that's kind of where I started. And then after I got into junior high, my dad brought me some Spider-Man comics. Um, I don't know why he decided to do that, but he brought brought some home to me, and, and it just kind of, something clicked. And before that, I never cared about Spider-Man or any comics like that. And then it was right when Image was starting to, about ready to form um, Image Comics. And so all these guys like Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson were really starting to blow up and it'd really be kind of these icons in the comic world. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started just following all that. And then Image started. And it's just like, I was like, I got to do comics and, and their books. And, you know, so it kind of all clicked. And then I got the storyboarding job and just kind of abandoned all that because I was like, well, now I'm a professional, so I don't need to do comics and stuff like that anymore because I'm making real money. But then it was just never satisfying. And mm-hmm. I, I learned a ton. I learned that's, that was the thing about it. I learned so much doing those jobs, especially with multiple people.
0: I bet that's great for the storytelling process. I mean, because you're seeing wonderful. visual yeah. storytelling um, all the time. And I, I, I it was don't. there huge. I'm trying to remember where I first discovered you because okay so I mean I I believe I I have the autographed first copy first edition here of remind so okay. I know wow. I was a part of that uh that first Kickstarter, Kickstarter. Yeah. and I think I think at the time because when was that what year was that 20...
1: 2010? 2010 2011 well, maybe is when the Kickstarter okay. because I got the grant in 2010 and then I launched the Kickstarter shortly after that I launched the comic in 2009 online. So, yeah, it was probably about, it was about two years online before it really became a book.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I even had discovered it online um, until after I saw the Kickstarter. And I'm, not, I'm okay. trying to remember if it was via Ethan Nicole or perhaps uh, um, uh, Doug Tenapple, um, Yeah, Tenaple. Crap! I don't yeah. know if I said his name right.
1: I, I think it's Tenaple. Yeah, that's what I call him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
0: I think one of them had posted a link to okay. your your. I th- it might have been Ethan because he was doing um, like a weekly post of uh, either either it was the first part of Mageddon or the yeah. first or it was with even maybe on the Axe Cop blog. Maybe and yeah. he was kind of just putting a little shout outs to uh, you know things that he was reading, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing that. And then, and then I discovered Remind, okay. and I just loved this novel. And as you talk about storyboarding, I, it is like reading a movie. And, and that, that, I, th- I feel like Doug, um, his stuff reminds me a lot yeah. of that, like Ghostopolis. Yeah. And I, I've, I've bought all, I bought all of their, their, their works and I was drawn to yours. Yeah. Also, and it's very—it's uh, just excellent. I mean, the frames are just. There's so much going on, and it draws you into the next one, and to the next one. Um, I felt like I could see it in my mind, and I just yeah. like the story. Cool. I just thought the characters were really, really interesting. So that could—it's kind of cool to see that that progression as a, a comic book artist at 11 in your local newspaper. Yeah. Like, and yeah. how many kids can say that they ever did that? Like that. that maybe that were even <laughs> you had enough talent them to allow you to like do that like uh because I could see a lot of kids I don't know what is it what does it take were you yeah. always did you were you always that Actually, confident because you seem very confident I, in what you're doing
1: I think I have a stack of those old things I was showing it to a class the other day oh wow if you if you want me if this is a video you, I could show well
0: it. I'm not I'm not hosting probably... the video port part okay. of this but so, I would love for you to send me um If you could send me like just scan a picture of it or whatever, I would love that, and I will uh, either or a link to where it if you have it on like your blog somewhere, and I'll post. I don't
1: have anything online. Oh man, would you care if
0: I if I Mm. yeah? Oh man, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. I think people would love to see. I think it's great to hear where people started because I think people compare themselves so much. Your stuff is amazing. Okay, and I know. And I know that if you're like me, there's also other like I play guitar and I sing yeah. and I play a bunch of other instruments. And, and if I were to only compare myself to others and I, I do compare myself and I use them as a bar sometimes, like I'm like, that is what I'm going for. You know, I'm going for, yeah. uh, you know, I hear a new a new song. And I am inspired by the sounds, or the melody, yeah. or the lyric, and like I'm like, I'm, I'm shooting for something that good, you know? Yeah. For me, it was uh, I, the first, uh, I, I think I got Joshua Tree by U2. Okay. And so that yeah. was very inspiring to me as a young, you know, as a teenager, just I was blown away, like I'd never quite heard anything quite like it. Um, yeah. And so that inspired me to like want to make music at some point. That yeah. was so in my psyche. I listened to it so much. Um, what? Who? Who has inspired you? As an I know I'm jumping all over the place. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. But who has inspired you as an artist? Maybe when you started. I mean, you mentioned uh, Image Comics and 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 Spider Man. Yeah. Uh,
1: it was. Um, So, from a young age, it was Bill Watterson, Jim Davis, who did Garfield, and what is his name? Gary Larson, who did Farsight. Oh, yeah. Love
0: those. Those are kind of
1: the cream of the crop in my mind at the young young age. And then once I got into comics, it was Todd McFarlane who really, that kind of art really like pulled me in when he was doing (laughs) Spider-Man. And then I fell in love with Eric Larson's stuff, who took over Spider-Man. Um, And then all those guys formed Image. I got introduced to, you know, Sam Keith and uh, Jim Lee and all those guys. And it was just like all that was inspiring because it's like these are artists forming their own company and they're doing their own styles and people are following it. Like that's what more could you want as an artist? You know, they're not they're not doing something that someone's telling them to do. They're they're doing what their creative juices want to do <laughs> and uh and people are falling in love with it and it's big and it's popular and so it kind of convinced me that you know i can do the thing that i love to do and as long as it gets out there uh there's going to be other people who like it you know as long as as long as I push through that that moment that time where you're not very good Mm -hmm. you know you you still Mm -hmm. have to get through that those barriers and and actually get your level quality of work up to a certain standard certain level but then it's just a matter of what people like you know after that and um yeah there can be some really professional artists who do things that just aren't good like, because of a lot of other reasons, maybe they're just super rushed or they're given way too much money or way too much time or nothing. Mm.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Way too or, much money or and way too much they just time have, can be... Isn't that yeah. interesting how that yeah. can be a killer?
1: Oh, it can just destroy things. Or, or too many other opinions, like, come in and they get influenced by all kinds of weird opinions or they're... It's not really true to them. They're trying to just please the crowd. You know, there's all these reasons why things can just come out flat and not very good. And then recently, let's see, I moved to Los Angeles 20 years ago now, and I kind of started falling in love with stuff like uh, Miyazaki's work Ugh. with his movies and was introduced to that there. I, I didn't really know what I was looking at. I, I went and saw uh, what is it? Spirited uh, Away? Not Spirited Away. <laughs> After that um, or before that? Before that, the um, uh, Princess Mononoke in the theater. Oh wow! Subtitled. Wow. Yeah. What a trippy and first introduction. Yeah, I, I didn't know who it was. It was just some some uh, Japanese girl was like, "Hey, come and see this with me." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then I was like, "What are we watching? <laughs> this is amazing. I can't believe they have violence. What? It's cartoons. What? What's going? A demons? What? You know? It was so and then interesting. It, it, just, it was just kind of overwhelming, and then. I forgot about it for a while. And then I, after a little while longer passed, I started realizing, wait a minute, this is the most amazing stuff ever. So I started collecting all his stuff and really obsessing over how he tells stories and how he introduces things. And just the it, it's it's less about a big story structure and more about just uh, opening up a window into another world and letting you experience for a, a little bit. And then you step out of the window. And it seems like that's what Miyazaki's movies are. You're just – Kind of walking into another world, you just kind of have to accept what it is because it's especially for Americans going into that kind of culture. You're just like clueless, like what is this? I don't know, but I'm gonna watch it and be along for the ride. And then it's mesmerizing, you know. Oh my gosh,
0: I remember um, I saw me when I saw *Spirited Away* for the first time. Yeah, um that was awesome. That blew my mind. I had not, I had not seen anything like that. I was not, I didn't know who me. My brother, he's an artist. He's a really yeah. great. He's a really great artist, and, and he uh, he said, "We you have to watch Spirited Away," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "All right, sounds cool." We were camping, and we had like a little portable DVD player, and I mean, that movie just tripped me out. But I mean, and yeah. I, since I've watched it twenty times, you know, yeah. I, I, every time I watch it, I notice something different. And mm-hmm. I read about Miyazaki's process on that because I was like, "Man, I want to know more about how he." does his thing he had no storyboard he had no Mm -hmm. plot he literally just started with like this concept or a picture or a scene and then he created it as he went and he would just tell the storyboard artists he'd give them like the next part and say okay uh i was like what are you you have to be kidding me Yeah, (laughs) But that story is so unpredictable and it goes so many weird places that it totally makes sense to me. You know, and and not that he's been creating stories for years and years and years prior to Spirited Away. He understood.
1: Yeah, yeah. He really knew what he was doing. Oh, man. But but to me, that's why it's so, I'm drawn to it Mm. so much. It's like life. You don't know what's going to happen today. You may have a plan, but you might, something crazy might happen. Or something awesome, or what, you know, you just don't know. And so it's just what's, and it just feels like that almost in, in the way that a lot of his stories happen. And so I, I really love that. And I, I really try to kind of approach my storytelling like that. Like, I was just tweeting that I got all 170 pages of thumbnails done on my fourth Sith book. The second one hasn't even come out yet, but I'm, finish the thumbnails on the fourth one. And someone asked me, like, they're like, do you have the script all done before you start doing this? And I'm like, well, a lot of times I just have a bullet point list or just kind of ba- vague ideas, and I might add to it as I'm thumbnailing, and, and then the dialogue is the last thing I put in. You know, it's just like I really like it to just kind of, like, organically move because then, you know, it's, it's more unpredictable, and it's, it's like you're actually stepping into a real-life situation, in my mind, and I know there's a lot of writers who would just cringe when you hear that because <laughs> there's no, it's just kind of.
0: <laughs> right, it's too loose Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. But I love it. And to me, that's what keeps me excited and in the moment on my stories is, you know, I don't work out every detail beforehand and then it allows me to kind of still have fun with the journey as it's happening. You know,
0: I, I, I think that's great. I mean, I think that's part of, I think the problem with formula, let's say movies or, or songs or, or artwork, my audience, I I should, that sounds so bloated. I don't have much of an audience, (laughs) but people are going to hear this eventually. Um, and, uh, we talk about different, I talk with different people. I talk with musicians. I've, I've talked with uh, mo- mostly musicians, actually. Um, yeah. But I have a lot of artist friends. And I knew that if I talk with artists, I'm going to get some, some of the same uh, understanding of the process. Mm. Like, I think that that wonder that comes, it, we, I think we have to be, as artists inspired, yeah. because otherwise, how is anyone going to feel that? You know, kind of like an actor, mm-hmm. when you put yourself into a role, I think if you're really feeling that emotion, then we can feel that emotion. When you're a writer yeah. or a songwriter and you want people to feel something, you I think you have to try and... It's almost like empathy. Yeah. I think art is a form of empathy. You're, you're trying to have someone feel or connect with something in the same way that you're feeling it or or yeah. that you're attempting to communicate. Like I've never... Like I haven't experienced, you know, I don't know, the, the loss of someone to being brain transplanted into another body. Okay, <laughs> so you've got... Yeah. It's vittles, right? Is it vittles yeah. or is it... Okay, Vittles. so yep, right. in, in Remind, for everyone, for those of you playing along at home and, and don't know what we're <laughs> talking about, uh, Jason has this amazing uh, two-part series, unless there's more, mm-hmm. is there more? Is there there more might coming? be another chapter, depending on... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to... Okay, we, we, we won't, we'll tease that out. But um, there's this series called Remind, Volumes 1 and 2, and and in the in the story, there's a character this cat her cat so sonia her cat vittles um is time she gets him back just like it's quite a bit later like you wouldn't have i guess cats sometimes do this (laughs) cats show up they're like take off for a week or two um i can't remember how long was it It in the story was it like a long time it wasn't long it was a week or two okay which could seem like actually yeah, a real yeah. amount of time for a cat. Like cats sometimes mm-hmm. do these like wonder walks mm-hmm. or whatever. But in that process, this cat has its brain transplanted with this scientist, right?
1: It's a lizard man. Um, okay, the lizard. Right, yeah, the, lizard the dog <laughs> had his so brain good. transplanted it's so with the scientist. So that's a, that's a different character. Right.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. The dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's good to have the author here because then he knows all the details. Um, and, uh, like, I mean, I don't know what the, how the emotion <laughs> yeah. or, you know, the feelings, but I thought you did such a great job of taking something, like, crazy like that that has happened and, and helping me as the reader uh, experience yeah. that. I mean, what do you, what do you draw wow. on... For something that has never you know, happened to
1: me, everything I write in my stories, it seems to be like it comes it's kind of a metaphor for something that's happened in life or something I've felt really strongly about, and or a difficult situation. And um so it's not it's not like it it, you know, it's someone whose brain was transplanted, but it can can be. You know, especially as I get older now, I'm 41, and I've gone through these moments in life where I don't feel like I am me anymore. You know, like life punches you a whole pile of times, and then you find yourself going in this direction that you hate, and you are you just don't feel like you anymore. You know, or, you know, mm. someone you love, like like my wife went through postpartum depression, and it was like, who is this person? But I know that we'll get through this. And it's difficult for everyone, and it's very strenuous and emotional. You know what I'm saying? Like all these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can really pull from that, and it's just powerful, intense emotions, and trying to figure out how to how to say it. You, you know, like I love sci-fi, and I love the like the weird st- stuff, and so it would be hard for me to just write. A normal story about feeling depressed or feeling like I'm who am I anymore? <laughs> you know,
0: like uh-huh, right. it, it would
1: just seem really boring to me. But um, but to to just focus on sci-fi and say, oh I'm gonna have lizards fighting cats in robot suits, that's that's a whole nother level. That's a whole <laughs> nother area. So if I can actually merge the two <laughs> right and right, right. it's like suddenly this real fantastical, crazy visual idea is m- merged with um, these really intense emotions that come from other things in life. It's like it 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 just becomes really interesting and powerful to me, and and it allows me to address issues that you know that that can be addressed without actually labeling what they are. You know, as soon as you label something or put something into a category. Um, people have presuppositions about it and they say, oh, well, this is what he's trying to say or or whatever. But if if you apply it to something like an underwater lizard man who has his brain translated into a cat, you're not really going, oh, yep, this is about this. (laughs)
0: Right. I
1: understand. I I totally get it. And I stumbled into that. I I never really expected, you know, I never planned for any of that to happen. In fact, I started out just trying to make a cool animation of a lizard man in a robot suit fighting, or a cat in a robot suit fighting lizard man. And that was the the depth, you know. It was completely two-dimensional. But um, then... You know, as I started rewriting it and rewriting it and started doing it as a book. And I was thinking to myself, why am I just spending so much of my free time just drawing stories that don't have any real point other than just to be cool, you know? Um, And I started trying to just infuse, like, things that mattered to me. Because, you know, again, like, why are you spending, why are you running away and locking yourself in a room and focusing on this thing for hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours. And it doesn't have a purpose other than, um, I just wanted to make something cool. You know, I, I don't know. To me, it's like, that was a real struggle. Um, just finally coming to the reason for me doing what I'm doing with art, you know, because I've done plenty of monotonous, um, Things that don't have any purpose
0: other than to make someone a whole pile of money, you know. Can you talk about that leap? Because you made you made okay. So, so for anyone mm-hmm. else that may or may not be aware of mm-hmm. this, uh, and I fo- because I followed you through uh, some of the yeah. process. You <laughs> made what some yeah. people would say a. St- Stupid yeah. decision. <laughs> you left a job at DreamWorks. That's the job. A yeah. job at DreamWorks, which I would think for a lot of animators, that would be the, you know, pinnacle. And who knows, you yeah. actually, you could end up back there doing something with some of the things you're doing or in, in some capacity. I could see your stories becoming, you know, someone making them into a, a movie because I feel like they're, they're already movies. But that said, what what was the catalyst for you? And maybe you could explain that to uh, the listeners uh, what was the catalyst for leaving yeah. DreamWorks, yeah. This, this job at DreamWorks, which for many people would be just the, that's it, We're, I've made it, <laughs> well, you know? Yeah. And going to make your own comic book out of your house. Because, <laughs> you know, if you, if you say it like that, maybe it does sound totally crazy. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy. I think yeah. it's great. But but I'm sure people it's, questioned it's, you.
1: <laughs> it's really hard for people to understand. And it's it's really hard for me to explain, too. But... um. It makes complete sense to me. <laughs> um, I I came to, after 20 years working in the industry, I just suddenly, I, I, not suddenly, but I was always shifting careers. So I worked in storyboards for six years, and then I was just like desperately trying to get out of it because I was miserable there. Didn't know why, because I was doing art for a living and I was making good money. Moved into animation, did animation for visual development companies, a lot of commercials, all hand-drawn stuff. Led whole teams of people, directed and art directed, worked with great companies. Did that for about three years, and then um, started working with DreamWorks stuff, and then moved into DreamWorks. Worked on visual development. Worked in that for six, seven years, and the biggest things ever. And the same thing would always happen. I would get excited. I'd be excited at first because I'm and I'd because I'm learning something and growing as an artist um but then immediately the excitement would disappear and it was it was always because i never believed in what it is that i was working on and it was there was always an agenda there was always some skewed moral or some weird something that someone's trying to do or, or it's just someone trying to make a billion dollars and they just need me to make them a billion dollars. And I'm sorry, but it was just like, why am I trying to make you a billion dollars? Or why am I trying to push your agenda, which is the opposite of my agenda? (laughs) And so it just felt like over and over again, I was just selling it. I was trying to just make money to help someone's agenda, which is the opposite of mine right and i felt like what is that that's i'm just and this is going to sound horrible and probably too blunt for a lot of people but that's okay Let's i be just blunt. feel like <laughs> hollywood i just don't want to have anything to do with it anymore and yes there's great people there and there yes there's wonderful people to work with that don't have these agendas but it's it's you know it's very hard to find those <laughs> few few people and the few productions yeah. and whatever so yeah um, I started working on my books because, you know, I just didn't know what else to do on the side. And I was just like, someday I want to do something on my own with my own things. And, you know, at first I was just trying to get my skills up. But then after I started putting stuff out there and people started responding to it, mm-hmm. It was really hard to go back into work then and say, OK, I'll keep working on this thing and then I'll go and go to a convention on the weekends and sell books. And people are like coming up to me and they're really emotionally connected to it and they love it and they love what I'm doing and they get it. And and then I have to go back and work on this thing that's, you know, f- going against me, um, you know. And so after a certain point, I just got so frustrated with where I was going and I just felt like, you know what? I don't I don't wanna work in Hollywood anymore. I don't need I don't want their money. I would rather just go get some art job, I don't know, painting windows in my hometown or whatever it is, you know, like something with art, mm. of course. And there's the internet. I could, you know, find stuff online and um and I just got completely convicted about it one day and just told my wife and we were kinda we were having a hard time in our relationship at the time too, and, and it was just like we just I just wanna get out of LA and I've been here twenty years like we're in the same boat as we were when I arrived, you know, mm, still struggling right. to make money. Everything's built on if you do this, then you'll get a new opportunity tomorrow, you know. And it's like, no, I don't want, f- you know, a carrot dangled in front of my head with every job. Right. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So Well,
0: I and I think uh, so. The, your Twitter, your Twitter, uh, uh, description is Christian, mm-hmm. graphic novel writer, drawer, and self publisher. So I'm assuming that your, your faith is a big part of what you yeah. do and just maybe why you make some of the decisions you make. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah. I'm a, I'm also a believer. And so one of the things for me, I know that I could, like with my kids. So I have, I have three kids and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. my son is 14 and, and all my, all my kids, I, to me, Telling them you need to get, you need to do these good grades so that you can get into this college, so that you can earn this degree, so that that will get you this job, so you can make this much money. Like to me, I see that as an endless, never-ending, yeah. unfulfilling cycle. Yeah, you know, and and I'm that sounds kind of like what you were experiencing. Yeah, that you're sort of hitting this. You know, what is our what is our purpose? Yeah, why are we here? Why do we create? You know? Yeah, and. Um, and you know once i
1: once i kind of came to that con- conviction and you know like you you nailed it like it's it's a lot of it's my faith it's because you know i was praying one day on the way home and i feel like god made it clear you know <laughs> and and everything kind of was really obvious and um mm-hmm when I finally decided, okay, well, this is what I need to do. It's like, it was amazing all the doors that opened up. Like I've, and I've never had a Hollywood job since. And I've been doing just fine. And it's actually been (laughs) wonderful, you know? And, and I never planned on any of this stuff happening with like Webtoons approaching me and saying, we'll pay you to do Cithra. Like, it's just bizarre. Um, But I really believe it's because I finally stood up for, What I believe in, and I'm, and you know, if you just keep going with what you're spoon fed um, by everyone around you in Hollywood or whatever it is, you know, you you uh, you're not really being honest. You're not really being true to, you know, especially if you believe something different. And um, so I was just fed up with being fake. And so that's why, like, on Twitter, I put mm-hmm. Christian first is because I feel like I'm tired of being fake. Like, just I just need to get over it. Like, this is who I am. Like, I'm not going to worry about if people want to think I'm an idiot for what I believe anymore. Because, I, I you know, there's enough. There's enough I, I did that all my life, you know, and yeah. I just tried to get the jobs and do all the things that everyone tells you you got to do. And it's to me, that's idiotic. It's a waste right. of time. It's a waste of your life. It's stupid. Leaving that is kind of just me saying, um, okay, God, I believe what you're telling me to do, and I'm going to go for it. And you've gotten me this far. You brought me to Hollywood to teach me a lot of stuff, apparently. All the doors opened up going there, and now all the doors are open up leaving, you know? And I'm in that same boat now to where I'm just like, not the same boat. I'm I'm in this position now where I, it's like everything seems surreal, and I'm like, why? How is this working, and what's going to happen a year from now? I don't know, but I have faith that you know. If I just keep doing this stuff and keep praying and trying to understand why I'm doing it, <laughs> then God will take care of me. And so mm. that's really a core of just why I do what I do. And I,
0: that's what that's what led you to make the step, leap of faith. Yeah, take that step like Indiana Jones off of the yeah to <laughs> the Last Crusade, where he yeah. steps out onto the and falls, and there's. And there's something there, you yeah. know, and you landed. And and what's and
1: interesting is it's a continual, like, once you take that first step, you think, oh, I've made it and I've, I have the faith now. No, it, now it's a continual, every mm-hmm. step is that faith step, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Like, I guess sits are done. What's going to happen next? I don't know. You know, I used to be, I used to have a hard time sleeping at night when I first moved out here because I was like, what's going to happen next year? I don't know. The, that plan hasn't been resolved. Like, I, you know,
0: Uh but it's just like, it, you know, I know it's, I know God's going to take care of me. And so you're, and you've, and you made some, and you made that conscious decision yeah. that you were going to trust. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, uh, I think in all that, in your faith, I mean, I, I know artists with, uh, you know, who are Christians and atheists and, and whatever. Yeah. Who are also very, you are, you are, I believe you are experiencing a level of success that you can afford to live. And, and, you know, so it's getting tight. To that I'll point, say that it's tight, but um, it's tight. Hey, well, it's, that's all right. But it's livable. That's all right. It's livable. And <laughs> you, you, what is your daily uh, regimen? What, what is it that you do to, I mean, cause you're putting out a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you really are. I mean, you're, you're, your level of output and is been very consistent, at least since Remind, since I joined in on the ride. Yeah. Um, I feel like you've been consistently releasing things and putting things up on the web and and putting out books. Um, And I just don't think that that doesn't just happen by sitting around going, I'm going to wait to get inspired. I mean, I just don't think that that happens. So can you tell our our listeners what is it about um that process that you would recommend or or that you do i mean may, i mean i know everyone has their own you know way to approach things i know there's not a hundred percent one way to yeah. do all artistic endeavors yeah. but um what has worked for you what are you doing that that helps you finish all this stuff well, that you make i mean right
1: now it's just you know putting in the time I, I treat i have a studio outside the house and i come in try to come in here by 9 30 And I leave around six and that's, that's every day um, except weekends. And, you know, it's a, it's a way to just come into a place. And like, when I get here, it's like, okay, what needs to be done? I start working on it. And some days I don't get much done, but I'm still making progress on something. And to me, that's just a bit, the biggest part of it is just, just putting in the time, you know, like if you're going to get something done, you just, you have to, commit amount, a certain amount of time to it. And I think a lot of another thing, another couple things is like working in the industry and just really, you know, you come into a job and you have to get 30 storyboards panels done in six hours. It's just like, it just kind of forces you to just sit at your desk and do it, you know, and you might start spacing off, but then you just kind of got to go, oh, I got to get this done. And then you just keep working on it. And oh, I'm dreaming about you know, leaving and going surfing after this is over. Oh no, I got to keep working on this so I can actually do that.
0: You know, do you have a Do you set a goal for yourself during the day? Like I'm going to hit X number of uh, thumbnails or I'm going to color X number of pages.
1: I try to, but, I very rarely, at least as of late, have been able to hit my goals. And I think it's because, you know, I I get a little bit too aggressive with my goals sometimes because I know I can do so many pages because I've done them in the past. But then the thing is, I just, there's no way to do that same consistent uh, full blast amount every day. And so, so I I do kind of have general goals that I kind of try to set for myself, but I'm not too hard on myself if I don't hit them. And I do also really believe though that you do need to take a break from the things that you love as well as you know even if it's like you you do put in have to put in that time but you do have to step away from it too um mm-hmm. and like a recharge recharge yeah it's just like sleeping at night you know like why do we sleep i don't know you know like we have to we we just have to sleep um there was actually a radio lab uh show about sleep. And and people are like, it's bizarre how everything goes to sleep. And it's just a cyclical thing. And there's not really a reason for it. But, you know, I mean, mm.
0: it's just, but everything but when you everything's don't sleep, like that.
1: <laughs> when yeah. you
0: don't sleep, you you, you can not really figure out why. Yeah, not good for you.
1: Yeah. But as far as like, scientifically, like, well, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably speaking outside of the realm of what I understand. From what I remember with this real lab thing, they were radio lab thing. They were just kind of like, There's not really a reason for it because, you know, like we could be programmed in a different way to where we just like recharge slowly like this or that. But for whatever reason, everything has to stop, (laughs) you know, and that's when things other things turn on happen. You know, I don't know. I'm getting completely out of my out of my range. I don't know any of that stuff.
0: But but you're an artist. So you're allowed to you're certainly allowed to explore (laughs) that concept in your mind and and include it in your art in some way. Because yeah. that's what we do. You know, we yeah. explore, we create. Yeah. So, um,
1: so, yeah, taking that break, you know, like um, if I get burnout, it's like sometimes I just need to stop and work on something else. And it's, to me, it's good to have other things, a diverse amount of things you're working on, not just five. Like for you, it's not just like five different songs you're jumping back and forth between. It's this podcast and it's probably doing something else, you know. Um, you kind of need to have that break from one kind of mentality. And so you can focus on another thing that's creative in a different way or maybe not creative. Maybe it's just like mowing the lawn, you know, like I've found some sort of comfort these days. And now that I'm in Idaho again and I have a lawn and I have to mow it in going out and mowing the lawn, it's kind of like, wow, I'm actually doing something different. That's it's good. You know what else do
0: you what else do you do? <laughs> what else do you do when you're um when you're not creating when you need to step away and besides when you're sleeping what are some what are some things that you do to to recharge Do you read a lot of comics? are no, you still I don't. a comic I, reader?
1: When I step away from when I go get off of work i I kind of don't think of much with work, um, even my own books as much as I can i don't, yeah I don't really read comics. I read more. I just read more. Uh, every now and then I'll get into books and actually read a couple books. Yeah, I just like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting kind of to that old man phase where I just like to sit and drink coffee and like stare at outside. <laughs> you know, and you know, obviously there's the kids. I have the ki- my kids. And now, so how many kids do you have? Two boys. Sorry. Yeah. Two boys. How old are your boys? Four and seven. They're almost oh, five wow. and eight. wow. So, you oh, know, man. and I wish I was, I wish I could do a little bit more with them than I'm trying to rechange some things with the, with the schedule um so i'm not just don't just feel like i'm okay see you boys you know i'll go to work now and come back yeah, i mean i have the ability to kind of adjust my schedule so i'm trying to um accommodate more like kid time now that's not just weekend or not just early morning or when i come home from work but um that's one thing that i've been kind of more convicted on lately is just i need to put in that time because you know those these kids grow up fast they grow up really and, fast you know if i and and there's not, not to make it turn it into a selfish reason, but there's so much there that I can draw from as far as inspiration as well. Just hanging out with my kids, you know. Absolutely. But, you know, I, like, I believe I'm, I'm here. I got out of L.A. so that I can have a little bit more of this free time. So now I need to start factoring it in more than I have been. And part of the problem is I, I really do have to generate a ton of work. <laughs> I actually have to generate more work now that I'm here working on my own stuff than I did when I was like at DreamWorks because um, DreamWorks, you know, you would have to do a painting in like two weeks or something like that, you know there'd be these really insanely long deadlines and um, and here it's like I need to deliver about ten pages to Webtoons every week, you know, which is it, and it's everything, is writing it and drawing it and sketching it and coloring it, oh, and inking wow. that's it a, and, it's a lot, and, that's a lot and so it's like, I just, I've kind of gotten myself into this mode of like I gotta get all this stuff done and I think I'm on pause right now with Webtoons, and I think when I start back up, I'm going to give them about six to eight pages. Is, <laughs> a it, week. is that
0: something that you can and, negotiate with Webtoons? Is that was well, well, that something you self self-imposed?
1: Is yeah, it's kind of self-imposed. It's this gray area, but they really want you to have as many pages as possible. And a lot of the other artists on there have tons and tons and tons of pages, and they're the ones that have the highest performance. Mm. And so I'm kind of like, and they keep telling me, you got to have more. And so, but then I'm like, you know, do I want to have, do I want to please them and be a slave to this? Or do I want to do as much as I can within reason and then, you know, be able to enjoy life and not stress out and pull my hair out and yell at my kids when I get home because I'm stressed, (laughs) you know? And to me, there's this great balance that just needs to happen. And, And I'm sorry if that means I don't deliver as much as the fans want which to me is a huge amount compared to when I was just doing Remind Online. I would post two pages a week in right, you know, a spread. Right. And now I'm posting, you know, 8 to 10, sometimes 12. And I'm like, why is there a problem with this? <laughs> <laughs> right. So so moving forward, I'm, I'm really trying to, like, you know, figure it out so that I can take a little bit more control of that time. Yeah. And I'm, try- I'm always trying to find, like, someone to help me color. And there's a guy I'm going to experiment with on this newest book, see if he can help me get the coloring process, um, a lot of it done so that, I, you know, um, I'll, I'll tweak everything and I'll put my hands on everything. But, um, you know, just how, having the help um, would be great so I can continue just producing the amount I'm doing without, you know, making it be all consuming.
0: Yeah, it's I, I was I was amazed um just even watching uh, I've watched some of your tutorials and I'm not an artist at all um, I actually turned some of my students who are artists on to you though um, just said hey watch these tutorials this is amazing like what he does with yeah. Photoshop and and coloring and the process he goes through to get from here's the black and white sketch to here's the final yeah. colored page um, yeah. I watched and I watched yours and then that led me to another guy who um, Oh, he does the amulet series. Um, oh yeah,
1: um, Kazoo
0: Kibushi. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like he showed some. I don't know if he did a tutorial or I don't know. I, I was I just kind of got on a kick and I was looking at different things and it's so cool to to watch that that process. Yeah, um, yeah. And I want to make sure. Well, we're going to mention all that as we we're we're not we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're almost done though because I I told yeah. like we usually run for about, about an hour, and we're we're just <laughs> about to that that hour. Um, Or over a little, but, um, uh, is there any, um, what would you recommend to artists starting out or creators of any, any sort? Any creators, you know, obviously artists will find this more, you know, interesting. But I think any creative person, uh, what would you recommend to them if you could give them, you know, a few looking back on younger you, maybe if there were some things that you would maybe try to approach slightly differently, um, what would you recommend or what would you tell them?
1: Um, The biggest thing I tell people is to start a personal project right now. And make it something you can finish within a couple years, at least. Um, finish it and then start another personal project. And honestly, um, that has been my whole strategy. And it started when I was really young, just focusing on making those comic strips. And then things, doors opened up. And then I started making a, another co- a, a comic book when I got into comics. And that's what led me to getting the storyboarding job. And then I started making storyboards for my own animation and started animating my own animation. And that's what led me into DreamWorks and, and all my animation jobs. And then I started working on the graphic novel, which was the animation. That's right. And I started right. putting it online. And then now I am being a full-time comic artist publishing my own stuff. And it's all because of my personal projects. It's like that's, you know... It, That's it. Like, I mean, there's more to it, but just get those things done and it opens doors because people can see then what you really are passionate about and they might want to hire you to do that similar kind of thing. If you're always just trying to build your portfolio with assignments from class or different things, it's never really who you are. It's never you, genuine. It's never what you want to say. Mm. It's always what someone else wants to say. And you can build your whole portfolio with stuff that everyone else wants to say, but you'll just be – you'll. there's no, no real joy in that, in my opinion. I mean, maybe some artists find joy in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so personal project. Personal Th- that's pro- so, the key.
0: And that, hey, that's the title of my show, uh, Create, Explode, Repeat. Which is yeah, in my mind well, so the, you have a, the, the pattern. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you do said start over a project, and over again. Start it now, finish it, repeat it. I mean if you break yeah. it down to that simple process, um, yeah. Uh, and and I mean I and I think for for younger artists, um, I think starting starting with something small I think having a small, achievable goal. Not that you shouldn't be ambitious. I have a lot of students who will say, I'm going to make this, you know, one hour movie. And I'm like, that's great. Why don't you make me a five minute movie? (laughs) (laughs) Because a five minute movie is a lot of work. They realize once they start film, or to make something that, you know, I think you have to make a bunch of bad stuff too. I honestly do. You just got to, you just have to make stuff um, and finish. I totally agree. The making it and finishing it is huge huge.
1: I kind of don't think there should be many parameters myself on what people want to do though because I just tell people whatever it is that you wake up in the morning that you wish you could do instead of doing what you have to do like try to find the time to be able to do that thing like when I was doing my uh, newspaper funny type comics when I was a kid you know I, I I don't I didn't really know if I had a goal with it I just enjoyed doing it so much and I wanted to do it eventually when I was older and, you know, I would staple them all together and have these little booklets, you know, but there was never really kind of like a a hard and fast goal. Like I'm going to have a booklet done or I'm going to get in the paper, you know, Mm. it was just like, I loved it so much that it's like, why would I not want to be doing this? And I think people nowadays, kids nowadays, it's hard for them to figure out what they love to do because there's so much um, thrown at them all the time with Social media and the internet and and everybody's connected all the time. They never have a chance to sit and think about what they want to do themselves. Because it's always, I did this, I did this, I did this. And and they're just kind of confused with what they should be doing because they're doing this and they're doing that and this and that and this and that. And everyone's giving advice, free advice all the time, all day long. (laughs) Yeah. It's overload. (laughs) It's
0: definitely an overload. It's
1: overload. Yeah. So you kind of have to have those quiet moments where, you know, you're just by yourself and you're just like, no. My mom wants me to do this. My dad wants me to do this. My friends want me to do this. What, what am I passionate about, though? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is it making an hour movie? It, it may, maybe it is an hour movie. Maybe it's a five-minute movie. Maybe it's an animation. Maybe it's claymation. Maybe it's a comic. Maybe it's music. You know? Maybe it's skydiving. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know? And, and whatever that is, like, focus on how you can do that. Because that's... When you finish it, that's when the true... Passion is revealed to people around you, you know, and, and, and they'll start tr- coming on, uh, walking alongside with you to help you and assisting in that passion because they see it's so powerful, you know, and it's exciting for them when they see you succeeding in something. You know, just like when we see our other artists out there in a different field, like like you and me, you're in music and you're a teacher, and I'm a comic artist doing comics. It's exciting to see each other succeed, even though it's a completely different thing. Because it's like that's just you know that I don't know. It's exciting. It's just it, it motivates yeah. you when Perhaps. you see someone else working their thing out right. Yeah. So yeah.
0: well. Um uh, so before uh, we, we're, we as we wrap up, I want to give everyone, uh, so we want to give them all the things to find all things. Jason Brubaker here. So, um, first where, where can they find you online on the interwebs? Uh, yeah. do you want to give out your home um. address? That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> want people to drop in. <laughs> yeah. where, where should they um. go to find you? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a
1: transitional state because I'm working with a social media guy now to kind of refine everything. Ooh, um, awesome. But for now, um, it's weird. If you want to read my comic, Sithra, which is the newest thing I'm working on, it's online. But you have to go to webtoons.com and you have to search for Scythra. S-I-T-H-R-A-H. S-I-T-H-R-A-H. Okay. Got it. Um, there's also the website, com, but it just directs you to this website. Oh, okay. The Webtoons site. There's coffee table comics.com which is kind of my home base right now. It shows you all the books I've worked on and where to find them. You can go to RemindBlog, R-E-M-I-N-D, blog, B-L-O-G.com to read all of Remind, the whole book there. Everyone you need to or do that. You can that. order it online. You just need to do that. Um, <laughs> you can see it on comic you can get it on Comixology. You can get it on Kindle. On Amazon, you can uh, read it as a web comic. You can buy the hardcover books. I have softcover books coming out now. I uh, saw. that. I was very excited months. about
0: having because oh, I, I was yeah. always afraid to take the hardcovers to my classroom. I teach middle oh, school, yeah. so uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have lots of uh, I have lots of uh, graphic novels in there, but I I treasure these. I love them. That they yeah. really are yeah. something special. Um, well, those those are
1: going out of print now. I mean, the fir- the, the second one's out of print now, and so. Yeah, I'm just trying to get those soft covers out there so people can still keep buying oh,
0: it. Oh man, that's great!
1: I also have a YouTube channel. I try to make a video or two or, or three every week, and um, talk, you know, just showing like progress or what's going on behind. So they the just scenes. search
0: Jason Brubaker on YouTube. Jason
1: Brubaker on YouTube. Okay, yep. and
0: I'm also gonna put I'm gonna put a link to that in the in okay. the show notes, so um, <clears throat> anyone good. looking for it can find it. Um, and then
1: I have a Twitter handle, which is the same as my Instagram, which is. Jason underscore Brubaker.
0: Jason J A S O N underscore B R U B A K E R. Right? Jason underscore Brubaker. Right? Jason right. underscore Brubaker. Yep. Any any uh, any parting words? Uh, anything? <laughs> this is a, I should I should make this a lot less uh, complicated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, There's like so much pressure to to say like the absolute <laughs> perfect thing. Um, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? How about that? How about we How about we end with your oh, your boy. And is there a, that's a long list, I'm assuming. I, I know I've got a long list. Yeah, it,
1: everything, everything comes, you know. I feel like everything in my life is pretty dumb, and so it's, it's hard to, like, really narrow it down to the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just want to leave you in a really great light, you know, in this, in this uh, (laughs) interview. So no, I, we don't have to end with that. I want to thank you so much uh, for talking to me today and for sharing your creative process. And, and it just as, as I'm a fan, you know, I've been a fan since Remind um, when I first read that. And I, I just want to, tell everyone listening that this is just a great comic this to me as, a, as someone who I came into comics later in life um, mm-hmm. I discovered I, I remember seeing Elf Quest um, mm-hmm. I don't even know who who drew that one um, yeah. that was super inspiring like I remember as a kid like it was just like whoa um, and then my brother was really into uh, a lot of like uh, the Joker the, the really famous one um, a killing joke I think.
1: Was okay. the one uh-huh. like
0: they're really creepy, <laughs> like yeah. they're really like uh, really dark and interesting, uh, but I, I had uh, Jeff Smith's Bone, yeah. and and then um, I discovered uh, Axe Cop, which was totally different than anything I'd ever seen before. <laughs> yeah. I always like Far Side and everything, but when I found uh, Remind was like right in there with those epic, beautifully drawn. Thing. So I want to encourage everyone to check that out, and it's free and it's online, and you can go see all this and see why it is worth supporting. Um, you have a do you are you still doing the Patreon oh, yeah. page? Patron.
1: Yeah, that's right. I want to I do we that. We should
0: promote that too.
1: Yeah. I'm actually really trying to ramp that up and because we have video calls every month and so people can join the call and, and just ask questions and we're trying to have themes and this new theme is about social media. I actually have a guy who works at Facebook who is helping me with all my social media now. The plan is he's going to move out here and be my social media wow. guru Wow! and that's awesome. um, he's going to he's coming on the. Patron call this next month, and we're gonna we're just gonna like unload and just share like all his knowledge about these the um, strategies for each platform and what their algorithms are and wh- how they work for artists. So patrons really gonna we're really pushing that just because you know it's it's a great platform and it's um it's really kind of the future of artists I think you know is just go and, like. Finding your audience, your niche audience, and, su- and them supporting you directly. You know, I mean, I do the same thing with the guys, different like musicians or different artists that I love. I'm, I if I love them and find them and love them, and they are independent, I will do as much as I can to support them. And I think that's the way the future is going. You know, especially with how everything's so interconnected with the internet. So. Anyway, we're focusing on that. Awesome. Hopefully yeah, guys, keep uh, and you
0: need to check him out. You need to, I, I think this is a worthy person to support. You're going to get, I think the great thing about supporting you is that you're going to be getting something consistently and and of such high quality. Um, yeah. So, uh, cool. Jason, thank you again for being a part of uh, today's Create, Explode, Repeat you have, no you have created, exploded, and you are repeating. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty great, it's pretty great to see in a different uh, genre uh, than, yeah. than we've uh, interviewed with other people before, but uh, thanks again for, for being no a problem. part of this. Well- Thanks for having me. This has been an interview with Jason Brewbaker. If you haven't picked up one of his graphic novels, go immediately to coffeetablecomics.com and do so. Leave a comment or tweet at him. Let him know what you heard that you heard today's show. Please support Jason and all the things by supporting his Patreon. Special thanks to you, my listeners, for sticking around and listening. I'm your host, Mr. G, and you've been listening to Create, Explode, Repeat.